This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, we are talking Maloney, but is it Maloney? And United get season ticket boost because of Europe. Hello, and welcome to Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duffy. Back from the sun, as in the one in the sky, not the newspaper. You're Graham Finnan, back from the same sun but in a different place. Hello, everyone. And George Cran is here, and it's been raining where he's been. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very. He's been here. Oh well, yeah, it wasn't very sunny in Errol, to be honest. Don't tell. Don't. It usually is. Ah, it's a very nice fellow. Yeah. I often drive through, or go through on the bus. And I once went through on my bike, <laughs> but I never did that again, it was too far. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not here to talk about cycling, we are here to talk about football. Dundee and Dundee United and all matters connected. And George might have some almost breaking news, Do which I? might have broken by the time you listen to this. Well, I hope so. Well, what is it's it then? <laughs> well... I've, yeah, hopefully Dundee might have manager this week. Maybe, Today, maybe tomorrow, tomorrow, next week, some point before the season starts. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> Matt and George, I'm going to interrupt you here because you're yeah. prevaricating. My sources tell me it's Sean Maloney. It, that's certainly how it looks. Well, it was you. <laughs> you were my source. <laughs> I don't know. If it's 100 percent going to be him, but that's that's what it looks like. The, the two parties are still discussing things or getting towards an agreement. It's obviously not happened yet. Um, it's this time of the... Or if you're watching this on Dave at Haas yeah. two years ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, this time of the season, nothing ever moves fast. And certainly Dundee doesn't seem to... They did say at the start of the process there would be in no rush to get things... I, 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 I feels that wonderfully like, written story you, uh, you, you put together. Feels the other like day, George. Why are they in? I mean, they shouldn't be in a panic. Hmm. But why aren't they in a rush? Is this not the time that you get the best of the available talent over a summer? Well, I think that's what they're thinking behind not being in a rush. It's, it's they don't get want them. the good players. <laughs> Uh, well, all right. I thought I thought you were talking about the best manager. No, sorry, I should yeah. have clarified. That. I think because the whole idea is that Gordon Strachan, as a effective director of football, he puts in place all the plans already. So the coach just has to come in and do his just the coaching basically, and Strachan will be generally they still have input and in what players they need and stuff. But generally, it'd be Strachan that be in charge of bringing in players. No. To play devil's advocate, I, to I totally get that. And I I've never, ever had a problem with the man who coached the squad not being the man who signed the actual players. Hmm. Um, but surely it's better if they're both there so that the man who yeah. coaches the squad can at least see, you know, have an input into the type of player uh, that he wants to work with. No, they, they, they should certainly have a, an input, I, I would say, because... 
we've seen it over the years when a manager or a coach hasn't signed a player and then they don't really play them or don't yeah. fancy them at all and it just doesn't work for anybody so there has to be a conversation there and obviously yeah Dundee can, could do with a head coach and just at the very least just to kind of show that things are moving in the right direction because obviously things have been going in the wrong direction last season getting relegated they want to sell season tickets there'll be people holding back to see who's the manager before they buy a season ticket which is an impact um, yeah I see I see I'm looking at Bear here because he always buys a season ticket I see they're they're, they're they've sold 1300 uh, and they're they're quite pleased with that um, and, and I don't see how they should be disappointed given the circumstances surrounding uh, the club just now and these things happen they want to sell more though, won't they? Are you going to so. buy a second I one? I think there? so. Well, <laughs> I mean, you've got to say with uncertainty surrounding the manager's position at the moment, it would only be someone that who's really, you know, is a real diehard that would buy a season ticket at this point in time and, you know, maybe maybe needs looked at properly. And I've got you to say, yours, I got mine you? on Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm yeah, slaughtering himself. Yeah, yeah, you knew that was coming, didn't you? Yeah, I've got mine. I would have liked to have had a manager in place. Um, you know, I'm a youth Tom on the fact that, well, Gordon Strachan might be the director of football and he's going to be going out and actually bringing players in. Surely the manager has to have an input. Yeah, they, they, sh- yeah it doesn't Sean, work otherwise. Yeah, if Sean Maloney's in charge, he's going to say straight away, if he, if someone he doesn't fancy, surely the club aren't going to foist that upon him. I mean, I remember going way back to uh, Jockey Scott's time at Dens towards the end when he had players foisted upon him by the Mars, two or three came in and, and like Jockey said, well, you can get the players, but it's up to me whether I want to play them or not. Mm. To be fair, there was one or two were, were actually reasonable players, but there was a couple that weren't, you know. Um, yeah. But that's I, just, I remember that as well, yeah. jo- Jockey, one of my heroes as a child, great guy to work with. Jockey was a guy, if he wasn't happy, he could let you know. Yeah. But but almost bizarrely, when that started happening, Jockey was incredibly relaxed and he looked up and he sometimes tacit on way and said, well, they can sign them, but yeah. I've got to pick them. Yeah. And that was his attitude. Yeah. And as George mm. says, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, managers or head coaches find ways not to play. Yeah, absolutely. But they should, I mean, the, the director of football and manager should work in tandem. Yeah. You, you can't have them working at different ends. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. And with you as well, Tom, I mean, Dundee have still got the nucleus of a squad there. I think that is ah. maybe where they're comfortable at. They, they're yeah, not having so. to go out and make mass changes, but they do have to bring in maybe half a dozen players. You would, you would imagine they'll have to freshen up the squad they'll have to bring in a bit of quality Charlie Adam has left the building so they need to bring in you know one or two players and you need to do that quickly and I think it's vitally important Dundee with uh, are going to be you know no disrespect to Inverness um, you know and, and Park Thistle etc etc down there Dundee are going to be the big scalp in that division next mm. season and they've been in that Absolutely. situation before but it is imperative that they try to go off to a good start and, and show that strength that they're going to have We've seen in the past uh, how, how well it's worked. And I, I go back to Robbie Nielsen, his time at Hearts in the Champions, his Championship, his time at Dundee United in the Championship, where he basically blew the division away with blistering starts and it puts everyone on the back foot. Now, if Dundee got off to a, a, you know, an unconvincing start, it gives everyone, mm. everyone in that division hope that it's, uh, you know, it's game on here. Everyone is going to have an opportunity to get that, that coveted uh, Premiership spot. So, 
yeah, Dundee need to, to get their manager in place sooner rather than later, I would suspect, for a lot of reasons. I know it's blistering starts. Came from strong squads. Yeah. You look at Hearts, you look at the, the, when United were doing well, other teams that have done well, they had squads now. Thanks mainly to Scotland being dominated by Ukraine, I've had a bit of research because <laughs> I couldn't keep watching that. So one-sided. But I mean, by, by my reckoning, Dundee are seven first-team players, squad players, down mm-hmm. from where they were. Uh, at the end of the season or the second half of the season and George you could say well a few of them didn't were not involved but that was part of the problem because uh, in terms of numbers they're still seven short mm. uh, the ones that didn't play made it even more difficult for them because they couldn't turn to them because they weren't doing well enough but y- you need y- you need a strong squad don't you you know I, I think largely for the championship I think the squad looks okay it needs a striker Zach Rodden has scored goals in the championship before and he finished the season off well enough but you need more than one striker they've obviously lost Danny Mullen uh, who was the first choice really so they need that, that's the big thing they need to sort out uh, over the summer I think in terms of midfield they might be okay um, they're losing massive personality in Charlie Adam obviously influence uh, and ability as well that, that's I'll leave a, a big hole in that squad and I shouldn't forget Liam Fontaine as well that was a really good influence yeah, may not have played control. so much mm-hmm. but yeah it's it, he I think he was it was a really useful player to have around um even if he wasn't on the pitch he, he, was, he was still impacting the team and, and, and helping out and Doing all the things you want from a, a good pro. That's, that's another personality that's left, another really experienced player. So maybe a wee bit experienced because obviously they've got youngsters. Josh Mulligan was excellent at the end of the season. Max Hannison had a good season. These guys, you'd hope, should be absolutely perfectly set for heading into the championship for next for, for, for the next campaign. Um, and it might actually be good for them in their long term development to maybe step down a level. And really excel in the championship, and, and hopefully go on to better things. Hopefully with Dundee. Um, I so I think they need a centre back. With Fontaine's away, Ibsen Rossi was on loan. He d- didn't really do very much, but he was a Ricky Lamy's pre-contract deal with Dundee secured them a new contract with Motherwell. Uh, probably, <laughs> I think so. Um, looks that way. I mean, they're in Europe, so you're going to choose the championship over Europe. I don't know. Just what you're saying, George. I think uh, you're looking at the, the, the team. I think there's a, there's a gap in the, the midfield. Um, you're talking about guys like Mulligan and Max Anderson who at the beginning of their career, and you're, you've, we've lost Charlie Adam. You've got Paul McGowan. They, mm. I'm talking about a creative midfield. I know we've got guys like Sean Byrne and also Jordan McGee who can play in there. But in terms of a creative midfielder of an age, Tom, an experienced creative midfielder, we're going from sort of the young guys right to the end of the spectrum to. to Paul McGowan it's a lot on his yeah. shoulders because no disrespect to Paul McGowan he's been fantastic for Dundee and I'm sure he'll do well in the championship but he won't be playing every week so when he's someone to fill mm-hmm. that oh, sort no. of you're saying he might miss the Challenge <laughs> Cup games I'm sure he'll be broken hearted about that that sort of role a bit more experience in there to, to, to fill in you know when Max maybe has a dip in form when Josh Mulligan when yeah. games you know, start to go against you. You need someone with that bit of savvy who can create for Dundee I think I was I would think we need someone that's a that point yeah yeah that I would I mean, Charles Adam was, was kind of that man, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's been left 
to me here to take on the mantle of positivity, which is does not sit comfortably, I have to say. <laughs> but is is I mean, undoubtedly Charlie Adams' ability is a loss. But particularly for a new manager, and if it is Sean Maloney, a young manager, in a way, if it's a player who has got decent creative ability and can run about a bit, does it make it a wee bit easier for the manager? Because Charlie Adam, no criticism at all, because age, none of us can help age. But he couldn't get around the park mm. like he once could. And it meant that when it had to be James McPaik and then Mark McGee when they were picking the team, put him in for his ability, but then the rest of the midfield legs were were a big factor. If you've got a player that can run and pass, yeah, it's always better. I did, well, yeah, yeah, you had to build the team around him. With the that was a great statement. The audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in his whole time there, you, you had to build the midfield yeah. around him. Anyway, it got to the point at the end of uh, the first season that I think James McPick had played him in a two in midfield, and you could see it. Yeah, his lack of mobility that really hurt the team and and Charlie ended up on the bench for for a while like, caused a bit of a stushy. The folk thought they'd they fallen out, I think. But it was yeah, just that you needed, this, you needed maybe to... Maybe the manager just had a proverbial headache. You can understand uh, it. I, I mean, again, Bear mentioned well. I remember um, Jockey Scott. Uh, Jockey was a manager that demanded you did things at both ends of the pitch. You, you, you worked for the team. Uh, in both directions, defensively and going forward. And he got Gary Harkins. He loved Gary Harkins as a player, but he but, but his biggest thing every week was finding a way to fit in Gary Harkins to give him the m- minimal yeah. defensive duties. And it is, even for an experienced manager, at times that was a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, they, yeah. They had to play two players next to Charlie just to. Yeah, kind of supplement the or make the most of his abilities and to help the team as a whole. So that that headache is gone. Although obviously you you lose the quality that Charlie yeah. Adam brings. Um, you would expect he would be able to do it in the championship again. Um, the the word from the, the club is that their plans for the type of player they want, the type of team they want, is big, strong, and fit. Is the, is the route they're going down? Well, they were watching Ukraine last night. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think because well, Dundee's team with when you got Sheridan injured and I can't remember who else and Ashcroft injured. It was a bit, it was a pretty small team. It was the smallest team in the in the Premiership, anyway, or from what I'd seen anyway. So I, th- I think they're going the other route. It has to be said for people who don't know you, George. You are looking from a great height. Everybody's <laughs> small next to you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that that's the way they're going. So I would imagine that it would be a, a young, younger type they would be looking at um, to maybe help out in that midfield. But there are wee bits to fill in. But as I say, I think the squad as a whole is is, is okay. I think the fullbacks are good. If Ashcroft comes back in, their centre backs are good. Goalie's decent. If Legstons comes back, you get Harry Sharp. Needing a striker. To go back to my usual default state of negativity, bear as George says, it's it's wee bits, but it's the big bits, isn't it? A striker right mm. away, a striker mm. that scores goals. He'd be playing for Scotland if he could find yeah, it. Yeah, well, absolutely. But equally, do, do they need an on-field leader 
particularly in the mm. middle of the park, maybe. Yeah, no, I think so, because there's no one really stands out there. You've got, obviously got McGowan, you've got Cammy Kerr, but you're, you're right. And I'll be in, most clubs like to make a marquee signing time over the closed season. That always helps sell season tickets, doesn't it? You know, you get some, but you just wonder if Dundee have got that in their locker this year, being in the championship, whether they can actually do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, if Ashcroft's fit and can and can get himself in, he's a, he's a, he's a natural born born leader as well, sort of thing. So yeah, but that, that hopefully they, they can bring in someone of that of that ilk. It's, you're talking about guys that, you know, they need the legs. They've got Max Anderson, who's going to be a season watch, but they've got Josh mm-hmm. Mulligan, who I'm really excited for next season. Um, I wasn't too sure when he was at Peterhead and you know, on loan, people were saying a lot of good things about him, Tom, but he's playing down a couple of divisions. Yeah. So you're never sure. And he came back and I watched him a couple of games then. He did a couple of things against Dungeon United. I thought, wait a minute, mm, there's a yeah. come off the bench. And then he absolutely burst onto the scene against Hibs. Did that guy see the goal that yeah. got disallowed? I think yeah. that's where it clicked. He thought, oh, I can actually he do it. burst onto the so, scene and he yeah. looks he looks to me as though the season actually finished too <laughs> soon for him. Did. But if he can carry that on and, and carry the progression on, then they could have a, a hell of a player there. Um, so, yeah, there's one or two areas they need to get filled in. A striker, we're, we're hoping that Zach Rudden, um, I, I felt a bit for Zach Rudden. He, he, he got it in the neck a wee bit from Dundee supporters coming and I think they thought when, when they actually signed him and they shelled out a bit of money to get him they, they beat off a few clubs uh, mm. you know to get him to Denz on a, on a decent contract he's there for a couple of seasons um, but I think Dundee fans thought he was going to actually be the answer to all their problems and that was never going to be the case especially the way, the way Dundee were playing mostly on the back foot Zachary never got many opportunities actually inside the box to score goals hopefully dropping down a level will help in that respect hopefully he gets a run on the team and like everything maybe he just needs a goal to get him mm. going but they will need someone else with a bit of strength. Obviously, you know, if Sean Maloney comes in, he likes to play in a set way, Tom. We saw what he did at Hibs absolutely yeah. instantly, changed their style of play. Hibs were always, a, you know, get the ball up front, get it wide to, to Martin Boyle, and, you know, get ball up, attack very quickly. But they started playing a, a more passing game. He'll try and install that at Dens, you know, install that at Dens, I'm sure he will. Um, and that'll, that will work. In interim, I would think, because at the start of the season, the pitches are all nice and green and the <laughs> ball rolls through. Um, but as we know in the Championship especially, once once the weather gets a bit sort of iffy and the parks start getting a bit bobbly, you have to change your style of play. You have to adapt, and Dundee have to be able to adapt. So Maloney will have to adapt a squad that's capable of actually doing that. But they need a, they need a striker of weight. But first and foremost, they need a manager, and that's the first thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. You, you said there, if it is Sean Maloney, he has a certain style play now I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm riven by nostalgia today I was lucky enough uh, to get to know one of Dundee's greatest ever players the late great and incomparable Alex Hamilton now he played in a Dundee team that I was, was largely yeah. before I was born or I was away he played in a Dundee team and I mean to, to name drop uh, I once spoke to the late great Bob Crampsey many people out there will remember uh, from journalism and Scott Sport and he he told me that the Dundee team of the late 50s and early 60s was one of the best footballing teams that he'd ever seen Mm. but Alec Hamilton said to me once when we were drawn in the early rounds of the two cup competitions against lower division opposition we would very Dundee would very often play more long balls simply because A they had players that might win them and B, 
even if the opposition defence won them in their own won the ball in their own half, they were confident of getting back. The reason I raise this, the Championships of League, we're getting the ball not not punting it, don't get me wrong, but getting the ball forward quickly is not a bad idea. A, if you've got a, an informed Zach Rudden, as he showed in the first half of last season at Park Thistle, and B, because no offence to uh, honest pros, who a lot of them are decent players, they've got a mis- defenders at that level have mm. got a mistake in them. Mm-hmm. If it is Sean Maloney or anyone else, do they have to adapt their maybe natural style of management to say the championship's got its own identity? We have to we have to bear that in mind tactically. I, th- I think so, absolutely. I haven't watched. Probably too much of the championship over the. Well, over we should my get life. a change with yeah. the South next season, George. <laughs> thanks, one. thanks for that. Um, it is a nightmare of a league, really. We've seen yeah. it so many times. Obviously, United took a few years to get out. Hibs took it's a, a few years. League. Rangers took two years. I think Hearts is the only team that came down and went straight back up. Doesn't happen very often. I think where Dundee are in their squad compared to the teams they're up against, I think they should do that. <laughs> but. You're absolutely right. The style of play in the championship is tough. You have to fight, no matter no matter if you're the best team by far, and teams have uh, a lot of teams have tiny budgets and stuff like that. You have to battle through every single game. You very rarely get an absolute hammering in that division. Yeah, and I mean, in, in fairness, Baird, I mean, I, and I, I mentioned <coughs> watching Hibs on TV a couple of times, and there's Sean Maloney, and said they kept the ball forever but went nowhere with it. But in fairness to him, and in a very footballing way, he worked under a guy in Rob, Roberto Martinez for Belgium who was not afraid to actually put his team out geared to Lukaku, pre, pre-Chelsea return, <laughs> obviously, but it was geared to getting the ball up to him. Mm-hmm. So, so in, fa- in fairness to that, he, he's worked at a very high level where they've focused on a certain way of playing based on... Mm-hmm. A particular player they had, so that would be encouraging, surely. Yeah, I mean, it hopefully, seen that all. You know, it's not all about passing yourself to death, going nowhere, and just effectively putting yourself in the bother, because that's what will happen. You know, Dundee will end up. I mean, you've got a standard player at Dundee that wasn't good enough for the Premier League. So if Dundee think they're going to pass their way out of the Championship, they're going to end up with egg on their face. They'll end up losing silly goals in silly, silly areas, and making things difficult for themselves. But there is a place for, you're right, Tom, there is a place for playing football, but it's got to be sort of combined with that aggressive side, mm-hmm. that that knowledge of the fact that you know you've probably got a winger in Paul McMullen who could, yeah. you know, get in behind defences quite easily in the championship and maybe maybe create a bit more for you. You've got the option to go long and do that. So I'm hoping Sean Maloney's, I mean, he... he he was ridiculously dealt with at Hibs, I think. He never got a, any sort of opportunity to take that team forward. What was it, four months or, yeah. or something? I mean, that's just that's just outrageous. And they sold the best yeah. player yeah. when he yeah. started. And, and, so. and, and Nisbet got injured as well, yeah. of course. So, you know, that was just outrageous. I'm hoping that Sean Maloney has got a, a point to prove. I mean, he's, he, well, he, he speaks very well. We've seen mm. that on the TV. He, he's now got to go and show that he can put a team on the park. If it is him, we've got to keep yeah. adding that. If it is him. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> we're Team Maloney, so I'd just like to, to wish Jack Ross all the best. <laughs> Pe- who's Peter leaving, George? Yeah. He's a Scottish coach. He used to be assistant at Kilmarnock. He's been all over the world coaching the, 
most recently in he, Russia. D- d- has he replaced Stuart Baxter? As <laughs> I think so. The man, the His man name appeared. The 20, 20s who always yeah. gets linked with a job. He got linked with it. Uh, from some other papers so I've is, just thrown his name in the notes Peter Levin and Peter Vander Levin the same person <laughs> that's his Dutch cousins yeah. <laughs> he's done a Steve McClam yeah. when he goes to Dutch when he goes to Dutch when he goes to Holland he changes so. for sure guys <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah Mal- Maloney yeah you know uh, if it is him you know, he, you know he's, I, I think he's experienced enough to know that it's not all going to be sort of Bonnie football and um, you know, roses at dens when you when you you kind of pass your way to this championship title. You're going to have to have a squad that can dig out results. And to be fair to Dundee, there's a squad in there that did that. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen months ago, Tom. So you know they've got that in their locker. So he just has to add to that. I think he just has to add a bit of gloss to that team. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hearing me. It's actually in my head. It's not my ear. I'm hearing spurious link time. Talking of digging out results, George. Are th- are they going to be digging at Camperdown Park general area soon? Because there's been another déjà vu style <laughs> development. Yeah. I know we're back at the stage. What was it? Four years ago, we were at this stage. Five years? I think it was five. Yeah, nearly five. Time flies when you're. Yeah. Well, John Elms does does insist that things will start to to get built. Sooner rather than later. We just now I looked this up, George, and what they've actually submitted is what's shortened to it's. Wait a minute, I've got it here in my note. It's a proposal of application notice, also known as a pan. So I have to ask you, are they in Never Neverland again? <laughs> here all week, guys. Here all week. That's not. I wasn't expecting expecting you to go down that route at all. <laughs> Something about panned or, I don't know, <laughs> doing the washing up or something. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and Is see. it going to go down the pan, George? <laughs> well, that would have been, yeah. Um, well, they've got, what, public consultations September and October. Feels quite a long way away. And then beyond that, yeah, if you the get... The second one, the end of October, which, again, the, the time scale they've given, what's it? They, they, in fairness, they're not saying the whole development... No would be finished but they're, they're talking sort of in under two years there would be a stadium up and running mm. now by by my reckoning and my memory of how councils work if they have a consultation at the end of October you're really talking the start of November at the very earliest that they put detailed plans in seeking permission that could take a month probably to the end of the year to be dealt with by the council, which is quite understandable. Um, so you wouldn't you wouldn't be starting in, at the at the earliest then in the, until the new year. The new year. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see how they meet their they meet their own deadline. I know. I, I was surprised when speaking to, to John Elms when he came out with that target of, of 2024 because it does seem extremely soon. Um, I was just reading. I was reading last week. I think up at Aberdeen, they were saying that they'd been their new stadium in six or seven years or something. That yeah. was, was was their timetable, and they've been kind of further ahead in, in, in this whole thing than Dundee have been for for the last few while. So I'm, I'm at the stage where I, I'll, I'll just I'll believe it when I see it. So. Yeah. I think a lot of people are. It's not. I th- I mean, it'd be great. I, I read I think, a thing online yeah. when the when the latest story came out last week about 
somebody was saying, oh, there'll be the usual naysayers. And in a way, I count myself as one of them. But what I would say is people, people need to remember when we're speaking about this, to me, it's like the lottery. I want to win the lottery. But do I think I'll win it? No, that's based on my chances. I would love to see this stadium built and I'd love to see the, the, the image they've given. It looks great. You'd love to see housing, commerce, at our age, bear something else that matters, a crematorium, which is something <laughs> which is something that Dundee badly needs. You speak uh, for yourself. Eh? <laughs> um, but, but the fact is, we're, we're actually still where we were five yeah. years ago so you, you're, on into, you're mm. entitled to say, well, is it going to happen? Mm. And it's not about, when, when you question it, it's not about you wanting it to fail. It's about marrying what you want to happen and what you think will mm. happen. And, and, and the answer is there are, there are mm -hmm. reasonable doubts about what, what is going to happen. I, I mean, I'm sure it will happen. If it happens in 2024, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's still a big if. I mean, there's so the detailed plans, and it's obviously there is a football stadium. I think if we just put a football stadium in there, um, it might have been simpler, but obviously the, the football stadium, the investment has to come from somewhere, and the Americans are looking at other things to, to make money as well. There's, there's so many things in these plans, Tom, like you've just outlined. You know, and for them, for them to be passed, there is a massive question mark over access and exiting you know this and we've spoken about this in the past whether that goes through or not we'll have to see. but they're obviously confident that they have the investment there that if these are passed they can they can then plow ahead you know and I think it's time I mean I'd like to see done in an ideal world I've seen this I've seen fans saying let's redevelop Dens well for a start Dundee don't own Dens Park no. for a start it would be great. I mean, I, would, I love Dens. My of first football is, match was Dens, but it would be you, great you to move that. away to a modern facility. You would love that. You would love that. You would love to see Dens at a, you know, a purpose-built stadium, but you know, to get something that's fit for purpose in the 21st century, they're going to have to move. Yep. Yeah, they're going to have to physically yeah. move. Whatever they do to Dens, it's not going to... It's it's going yeah. to be a patchwork yeah. thing. And yeah. yeah. God love the old stadium, it's, but it's had its day. It's putting good money against bad. My big concern is if we'll have to move out in ground share in the interim period and there isn't a brick in the ground up at Cantmerdown Park. I would start to become, the alarm bells would really start That's ringing. Just, yeah. We'll yeah. have to see some actual evidence of this new stadium getting built before we even think about consider leaving Dens Park. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Yeah. So We'll see. There's, there's, there's lots of hurdles and as you say, Tom, you know, these things take time. Well, I don't... I don't want to be this naysayer, but, but I say again, somebody drew my attention recently when a shop I'm very familiar with coming from that end of the town, and it's built right across from where I was born, the Asda at Meyerkirk, when it was being built, never mind being used, part of one of the conditions of planning permission was construction vehicles could not directly enter or exit the Kingsway onto site. What I mean is they had to go off at the Meyerkirk roundabout, as was then, go up Meyerkirk and they enter the site of Meyerkirk. And I have to say, and I wrote about this before I, uh, before I left uh, the telly, hopefully the actual detailed plans include some form of junction on the Kingsway or some improvement to existing ones because everybody's telling me that they cannot just turn left on and off the Kingsway. 
So what Dundee themselves have shown has a major flaw in it, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm no transport expert. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be better means than us that, that decide, but you're right. I mean, that, that, all these things have got to be uh, sorted out. And if they do need to, to make changes, major changes to that, that all adds to the cost, Tom. I mean, who's, who's going to well. foot yeah. the bill for that sort of thing? So, mm-hmm. yeah, fingers crossed that they get there. I'm with George. I think it, it will happen. I think the Americans um, have the drive to make it happen. But if if the if the plans are knocked on the head for one reason or another, if they don't accept that there's got to be 140 houses built, do the Americans go, well, we're not getting that, the crematoria and things like that. But if I can't add these things in, then it's not financially viable for us to go ahead and build the yeah. stadium. You know, that could be another thing. Hmm. And, George, in the end... We haven't be spent too much time speaking about this, but whether or not it happens and how long it takes to happen, if it's going to happen, there's a lot less pressure on them to get it done if they get the right manager and get the right players. Yeah, certainly. That, that's, I mean, we, we see that, that as long as the stuff on the pitch is going okay, that stuff off the pitch doesn't matter quite as much uh, to supporters. And and when things aren't going so well on the pitch, the things that haven't been going so well off the pitch really come to the fore. Um, it's not to say that you should ignore everything that's going on off the pitch if, if things are fine on it. Um, but yeah, I think I think what matters most, doesn't it? It would it would just help everybody. I think if they could get the manager things sorted, move on, start to think the next season start to think about players coming in and fans can maybe think about whether they, they do or they don't want to buy a season ticket and we can kind of move on from that we're still kind of in the the purgatory of last season without a new manager coming in so. yeah which is understandable yeah. And here's a cheery note to um, end the Dundee section on somebody at Dens at the time once told me if you have a successful season low season ticket sales in the summer are actually a good thing because people over the course of the season then pay more money game by game and then you get a wee boost usually at Christmas with the half season tickets and stuff like that so maybe this is a genius master plan that's a good PR spin you've put on that low season (laughs) ticket sales (laughs) sorry I'm leaving (laughs) Boris is going to employ me next Moving swiftly on to the tangerine half of the city. Bear, did you buy a United season ticket? <laughs> or was the queue too long? 5,000 no, plus season tickets and it's only the first week in June. Well done. Well done well done, done United and in tough, tough financial times. Uh, well done to Arabs. Although I feared come this winter there might be quite a few cold hooses in parts of Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 5,000 season tickets, that's absolutely fantastic. And it does show you for all the moans and groans that we had last season from United fans about their team and how they were performing and, and how Tam Courts was doing, they must be doing something right. Yeah, if you do uh, well on the park, just what we're saying about mm-hmm. Dundee, if you do yeah. well on the park. Yep, they must be doing something right that 5,000, but you know, we're just at the start of June, I've, 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 I've bought season tickets and... Uh, yeah, they're, they're in a very good place at the moment. I'm sure Mark Ogren's absolutely delighted and he has every right to be because you can imagine where he was two years ago after yeah. buying the club and taking the hit that was nobody inside Tadis for, <laughs> you know, 18 months almost. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great reflection. It's, it's a great reflection on how the team has done so far. And they've got a lot to be excited about with European football back, you know, at, at Tannis this summer. And, uh, you know, they're 5,000 now. Who knows? They, they could edge up towards seven or 8,000 by the time the season mm. starts. And that's, that's quite remarkable, as you say, Tam, in these, this current financial climate. Yeah, and you have to say Mark Ogden has a, a right to be pleased because he has put his money where his mouth is. Uh, and, I, and I see him maybe getting a bit excited, but making the right kind of message to fans about their return to Europe after 10 years. Yeah. He does not want it to be a once-in-a-decade event. Well, I don't think any of us do. I mean, this is... I've been in Dundee eight years. This is the first time either team's been in Europe. God, eight years, John. I know, it's, I know. You can you can see it in my face, can't you? Yeah. It's hit me hard. <laughs> you still don't have any grey hair. <laughs> It's a bold uh, It's a bold aim Right away ah, know, group to, stage to, to be in the group stage yeah. Sort of Every season But it, You know what it, It's a good thing That somebody's actually Because what are Habitually Rangers Fantastically Well this season uh, To get to the Europa League final But We'd gotten used to being out, mm. out of Europe by August. I know, I, I, I don't mind that sort of talk at all. I, I think our club should be aiming for group stages, especially when the, there's a new competition on the block as well with the, the Conference League. Um, and we've seen Hearts obviously finish th- third and get straight. Well, they're guaranteed, if they don't get into the Europa League group stage, they're guaranteed to get in the conference one. Uh, and that the amount of money you get for getting to the group stage can transform a club. Yeah. Even at the Conference League, you get money for each result you get, you get money for each game you're in, and obviously you get the gate receipts and stuff. Um, and all the TV money and all that sort of stuff. Plus, you get the added exposure of being a club in Europe. Players want to play in Europe. Uh, if, if you're going up, if you're trying to sign a player who's got two choices, he's got... United in Europe or, or another club at the similar level, but they don't have European football. They're going to pick Europe, aren't they? Yeah, I was just thinking there's George of Sweet and Bear. Is this one of the benefits of maybe foreign ownership, which it does have a lot of benefits, don't get me wrong, but Mark Ogren's not looking at, at, it, at, at the Europa League and the Europa Conference League or whatever it is. It's great in the human thing. I'm giving myself away <laughs> as being a cynical Scot. That's exactly what I was going to say. We were, last season when Celtic dropped into the new Conference League thing, I mean, we were all joking about, oh, what happens if they get beaten that? Do they get a Sunday League <laughs> conference or something like that? And everybody was mocking it, but I was watching the build-up to the final between Roma and mm. Feyenoord, and they treated it like a huge mm-hmm. event. And, and, and the Roma fans were going mental that, mm-hmm. that UEFA, for once, had, I think they maybe thought like us, this won't be that popular initially. So they took it to Albania to give Albania a final cracking stadium, but it was only 22,000. Yeah. 50,000 Roma fans went to the, no, is it the Stadio Olimpico yeah. in Rome yeah. to watch it on a big screen. There was something like 40,000 uh, Roma fans actually in Tirana, and they only had 8,000 tickets or whatever. For it and, and Feyenoord treated it as a huge game, and I mean the Roma players were greeting at the end. Um, maybe it was maybe it was their hotel or something <laughs> like that. No, but you know they they, they it was they they're getting them. Um, I mean I saw one thing uh, an Italian journalist saying these boys are not up there with Totti now, mm-hmm. which I 
beyond my comprehension that they would be. But but they're comparing them with their club's greatest ever player because they've won a trophy here in Scotland. We were all laughing at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and but Mark Ogren's looking at Europe yeah. from afar and going, "This is great if mm. we can be in that every year." And I mean, if you're playing Feyenoord or you're playing Roma or you're playing, I mean, if you're playing Anderlecht or whatever, it's, it really doesn't matter what competition yeah. it is. It's a big, big uh, game and it's oh, great, absolutely. great occasions. I mean, I, I mean, you're you're not see Jose Mourinho knocking it. Oh, he loved it. it. Goes right on a CV, yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> no. all the rest of the European trophies that he's won. No, I think I think in Scotland we've become a bit sort of sceptical of these competitions because our clubs have gone out so early in them. Yeah. It's hard to sort of, you know, match up, you know, Rangers being in the final in, you know, May, when our clubs are getting knocked out somewhere like 10 months earlier, some of them in sort of July and August. But I think what we've seen in Scotland over, over the last few years, Celtic and Rangers have upped their game substantially. So they've, they've done really well to get themselves into the group stages, into the latter stages of European competitions. The other clubs now have to up their game as well. And I think Mark Coghran's looking at that and clubs like Aberdeen and Hearts as well. You know, there's Scottish clubs shouldn't, should not just be thinking they're there for a, a couple of games. They should be looking to, to drive themselves further forward in these competitions to raise their bar. And how they do, Obviously, finances are tight, but they've got to try and find a way. It'll help them, obviously, financially, if they can do that. also helps them get a wee bit closer to where certain Rangers are at as well and the standard that they're playing at and the standard they find themselves in. And of course... Financially, you know, we've seen the, the money that's involved. I mean, it's 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 quite staggering. If you can get in those group stages, we're talking seven, seven figures, Tom. Yeah. You know, quite easily. Mm. Now, for a club like Dundee United, that's you know, Mark Ogren, To be fair to him, over the past two years, he has he's propped up that club. And and while he's while he's saying he's there, he's made the point as well. The club has got to be run prudently. He doesn't want to be yeah. signing yeah, a yeah. check every season for a loss every single season. That's not to say he won't do it if it happens, but he wants to see the club actually, you know, making a profit. That's what that's mm. what that's what it's all going to be about, and 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 you know, working in that way. So, yeah, big rewards, big rewards for clubs, and you know, it's great to see, great to see United back in and amongst it again. Obviously, uh, fans think back to when, uh, well, we remember Tam when the, the Halcyon days at Tannadice when they were, you know, regularly going to the latter stages of Europe. When you've got to say you had to play far fewer games to get to the latter stages of Europe, but life has changed, and now you've got to find a way to, to manoeuvre yourself through the through the path that gets you to that group stage. St Johnston were knocking at the door, unfortunately for them, it didn't happen. But it's tough initially to get yourself to that point. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of games. We saw, you know, just just very briefly, we saw St Johnston a great start to the season, and they were, you know, they're touching distance, but did that have an impact on their yeah. season going forward? It's tough. Yeah, going forward. Yeah. I mean, Tam Courts will be with her. Actually, one point I was going to make about these two, the Europa League, and I, I'm not that happy with teams dropping down from the Champions yeah, League and yeah. all that. I'm not that happy. And and, and no disrespect to the, the memory of a great Aberdeen team, by the way, as a Dundonian, that's not the same job <laughs> as saying respect to Aberdeen. They did fantastically well to win the Cup Winners' Cup, and they beat good teams. But I, c I can remember the Cup Winners' Cup. There were times when some of the teams in it, you were like, who are they? And what that... Whereas the UEFA Cup was always, as are the Europa and the Europa mm. Conference League, they're based on teams that have done well over a season mm -hmm. to get there. So it's a good, it's a good standard. Yeah. Also, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good challenge for Tam Courts. It'll be his first experience, obviously. In Europe. It's only his second series, uh, second season, 
as a manager, but is his freshness maybe a good thing? I think so. I think that maybe worked in his favour uh, over the past season. Um, he's coming in with fresh ideas at how to go about things that seem to have worked um, and certainly worked with the players that United have got. Um, I'll have to wait and see who they get. I think that it's probably quite a tough draw, I think, the way the seedings go. Um, I can't remember exactly some of the teams that they'll face. Uh, I should have written it down, but obviously I haven't. Yeah, I but I mean, if, but you, if you wrote it down, we'd be professional. <laughs> no, so you'd I, listen then. Exactly. Mm. I, th- I think it'd be... I think it will be a tough draw, but it'd be really exciting. And that's why there's so many season tickets sold. Out. I know season tickets probably won't count for the European football, but I haven't written that down either. So. No, I, was, uh, I, I didn't even thought I would, that. I would imagine so the season tickets will guarantee you... Uh, you guarantee know, a ticket at the very least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. to get you know, uh-huh. a, a top draw, you would get a ticket for, for that game. Yeah. You know? and, if and, only and, we knew somebody at United, eh? yeah. Ewan Smith. <laughs> Remember him? <laughs> Who's that? The broth boy. Our broth boy. Our yeah. broth don't say that. Ewan, who's shortly leaving United to return to our broth after being revealed. Is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he's hidden that. <laughs> no, hidden I don't that, 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 that. But no. But I mean, and of course, it's, we're waiting to see who they get in Europe, but we're also waiting to see who they've got to play in Europe. Mm-hmm. Lost a few. Need a goalkeeper, don't they? Yeah, that's that's the the main situation to, to sort out. Obviously, Benjamin Seacrest has said goodbye, and uh, not unexpected. I'm sure they've already been putting work in place to get a replacement goalkeeper. Yeah, should I? Carlo Han Eriksson's been there a few months. Yeah, but we've not seen him. But we've not seen him. So, but at least he's an experienced first team goalkeeper. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he's an international squad member for Finland as well. But. He's, there's only one. Well, there's you'd want another one. There's a younger, well, the younger him human. Because well. the, um, the boy Carson exactly. on loan down to England was at Morecambe with Stephen Robinson, and now he's going up to uh, St Mirren. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tam Courts has shown by deed that he likes two experienced goalkeepers in his first team squad. So that that would suggest there's one on the way. Xander Clark. Well, that's the one they want, obviously. Uh, I'm sure there's other teams that want Xander Clark as well. Um, not, not played for Scotland yet, but he's in the Scotland squads and he might be about to get his chance. Yeah, as as well as Craig Gordon played against Ukraine, you would sort of think if there's a time you're thinking to move to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting he brought David Marshall right back in. Um, I don't know if that was back in the squad. I don't know if that was just uh-huh. sort of loyalty, which Steve Clark Quite is often. a loyal manager. Yes, he is. But no, that I mean that that would be an excellent signing. Been a big fan of Xander Clark for a number of years. Um, Does that work in United's favour? That if I'm Xander Clark, maybe I'm, maybe it's just because I can't join the dots. But the way I would join the dots is if I go to United, I've got a very good chance of being the first choice goalkeeper, uh, and that I'm getting to play in Europe, and it is a pathway to Scotland number one jersey. I think that's that's the two things I would say that United have in their favour. You know. It could be a, a route to the Scotland number one jersey because he is playing in Scotland, and he, you know, as regardless of what people say, will be sort of higher profile for Steve Clark in that respect. You know, on this side of the border, um, the European aspect. But for me, Tam, I just wonder if 
you know, as much as United there would be a good contract on the table, you just wonder if Xander Clark can earn a lot. You're seeing clubs down in, in League One in England offering far more than we can offer up here in the Premiership. Xander Clark's already got two two trophies in the bag, two yeah. League Cup winners mm-hmm. medal, a Scottish goal. So, so what, what's up here for him? You know, he played in Europe as well yeah. this season. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's and, right. and, and to t- their credit, St. Johnston, St. Johnston are a club that have always been financially prudent, haven't paid players money they can't afford to pay. Yeah. Which by definition means that Xander Clark, understandably, is maybe looking for a payday. Yeah. Yeah, and I think so. I think, and that's why I think he probably will go to England. Um, hopefully he goes to a club that is a progressive club. You know, you never know how seasons are going to pan out, but he gets... If it is a, a, a one of the lower league clubs, he gets a good manager, and he's going to he's going to get an opportunity to, to show what he can do. And the, it's a club that's on the rise, so he'll, can, he'll continue his profile will continue to rise. But you're right, at the end of the day, Tom, players have got to make a living. Yeah. Um, Xander Clark, as you say, is that's my phone. Oh, I forgot to turn it on silent. There's no professional. <laughs> oh there's no professionals in this show. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh. Have you ever seen our producer, producer Morvan yeah. Luke Daggers? <laughs> yeah. I just saw it. There was, there was bolts of lightning coming out of her eyes here. Sorry. I'm old, right? That's what happens. Yeah, but Xander Clark, um, he may look upon it, as you say, as, as, as his opportunity. He's got to look after himself and his family. And, you know, he'll be looking for, I think he's going to look for the most lucrative contract he can get. Um, which maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe that's that's what most players do. But I think sometimes there are different aspects to take into account. But the most looks of contact he can get, I would imagine, will come from England. Hmm. Yeah. Or, so or PSG, will. but I don't think yeah. it's well, that's like right, 150 million yeah. euros yeah, yeah. to sign on. Yeah. Um, well, we're on the subject of goalkeepers, and that, no, no offence. It is what it is, and there's a bigger population, and there's more money in circulation down there. After the couple of years he's had Benjamin Segrist's getting linked to Preston North End, that is a bit depressing. Maybe not if you're a Preston fan, I've got to say. I mean, I've been to Preston. I've never been to Preston, and they're a club with a great tradition that attracts crowds, but you still hope one of the best two or three goalkeepers in the Mm. Scottish leagues. Could could get a championship or a, a you know a ha- a big championship club or a, even a premiership club and uh, it doesn't seem to be yeah. happening yet. Yeah, well, it maybe still can, but yeah, it's, it's not. Aye. Well, he was linked with Manu, wasn't he, in the, in the papers uh, not that long ago? Though I didn't really read much into that, but I, th- I think I think. I did think last season when Celtic were looking for a goalkeeper that they wouldn't go far I wrong. I saw them mentioned the again that other day. And Rangers are needing a goalie as well. But they think. Yeah, they are not quite sure. It's a bizarre one. Which, if I was Giovanni van Bronckhorst, I would have mixed emotions. In the end, Alan McGregor's a very good goalkeeper, so if you wanted to play next year, you go, thanks very much. <laughs> But Van Bronckhurst must have raised an eyebrow when McGregor said, I'm not sure. He brought him on in the last minute of the cup final. <laughs> the whole stadium's like, oh, and his tears and mm-hmm. big emotions. And he, McGregor's like, oh, okay, I'll go on. Well, I think I think McLaughlin might be away. Is it? I've, I've not seen anything on him recently. Uh, probably because he knows McGregor's statement. <laughs> he thought he was getting a game. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I thought it'd be... 
a sensible kind of move for, for for one of the big two in our country. Um, it's, it maybe just not helped him that the the way his, his United career didn't, didn't end in the greatest of form compared with the form he's had throughout the rest of his, his, his time yeah, at yeah. Tandice. He just wasn't quite his best. You, you, you could see that. And, and maybe teams were having a look at him because they'd heard of how good he was. And maybe it's, it's, it's just a bit of bad form has hit him at the wrong time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it, it did shade in the last two or three months of the season, but bear, I mean, you were a, you were a good yeah, goalie. Yeah. He's physically... And in terms of ability, it's everything you want. Yeah, and uh, I think you know, it, did, it did dip slightly uh, as form, and there might have been reasons for that. Obviously, coming to end his contract as well. Um, but it shouldn't sort of detract from what he did at United for, for two years. He was absolutely mm. outstanding. You know, yeah. so the good thing is, for, for from his point of view, he's out of contract. I'm, I'm a U-Tam. You know, I, I would have liked... I mean, for me, if Rangers are looking for a goalkeeper, Benjamin Seagrees is, is is a man to to, mm-hmm. to plump for, and, and I'm not saying he'll be number one, but you'd have a really good backup goalkeeper there as well, you know. And, and it's, oh, I'd be, I'd, two two yeah, guys vying, and it'd be an opp- yeah, it'd be an opportunity for mm-hmm. him to to go and you know put his influence on the manager and, and say, look, I deserve to be number one here. I'd be disappointed to see him going down to the you know the lower leagues in England because uh, he's better than that term. He's better yeah. than that, and I, I, I have to stress seriously. I'm no, I'm no having to go at Preston. No, 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 but right now, and they're a club with the potential. But right, right now, they're no a club that you're expecting no. to see in the Premiership in the next couple of years. No, and you know, but money talks in every every sort of sphere, like so. But he always thought he always thought he was his next move would be someone that would give him an opportunity to get into the international Swiss international squad, which he thought going to Rangers. If, if that was on the on the cards, we'd, we'd maybe give them that opportunity because Rangers are going to be playing uh, almost certainly, well, they're going to be in the Champions League next season or a bit of luck in the group stages as well. I think they've got to play one game before they get to the group stages, is that? Yeah. Yeah, so that would raise his profile substantially if he could get games at that level. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And maybe United fans in particular would rather be talking about guys that might stay Ian Harks is still talking uh, which that that's an I, I don't know I don't know what to read into that because United mm. I'm sure would have wanted them tied up by now and I, I mean I would love to see him stay so I don't know do you think he's got other offers that he's mulling over there's the, there's the, the thing where his wife plays for Celtic, uh, Celtic so it's not it's not quite as easy mm. uh, for him because football's football apparently for both men and women, football is a short career. <laughs> so it's, uh, I mean, you can't really ask her to, you know. Uh, do we know? Do we know if she's in contract at Celtic next season, or do they just sign one-year deals? Are they on that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm afraid I've not read that in the notes either. I'd, uh, I wouldn't even know where to find that. I'm right. sure Ian Harris has got offers, Tom, because he, yeah. again, yeah, he was another so. one who, Good you know, player. yeah, did his cause no harm at all last season. Came up with some very big goals. He's got legs. He's got. He's at a good age. But as we've spoken about in the past, he seems to be one of these guys. He like he's one of these guys to me. He wants to try everything and he doesn't. He's not one of these guys who's going to yeah. stay at a club for mm-hmm. year after year after year. He wants to go and sample everything that's out there. Yeah. And why not? Why wouldn't you? Do I've it? always felt that in a variety of jobs. Once yeah. you move, sportsman, team sports. Once you move country, which he's done. Yeah. 
you will the, you will keep, be open keep, to that. Going, yeah. It's not it's not something that you're you're go you, you do once and say, Oh, I'm never doing that again unless it doesn't work out and you go back to your mm. your home country and he's he's been a great success here and you might you might want to try something well, different in Europe. Yeah. I think he does very much enjoy it at Dundee United. You get that feeling when you speak to him. But he's always had that ambition to to play for his country. And maybe he just doesn't feel he's quite getting the the kind of limelight in Scotland that, that can allow him to do that. I, I don't know whether that's going through his head. If he wants to play for for the USA like his dad did. I think that. I think, I mean, I mean, I think that's part I am of a big, big Ian Harks fan, but again, it's about honesty. That's a that's a big it's ambition a big for him because yeah. they're a good. They've got a good squad of players. I mean, America. Yeah. We again. Here in Scotland, we go, oh, America, what do they know about football? Well, they've been to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. They've, they've qu- they, when they go to the World Cup finals, they usually go beyond the group stages. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Something we've never done. And good, they have a good, strong yeah. squad. Yeah, yeah. And that's no, 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 no poor reflection on Ian Hart if no. he never gets a cap. No. But I think that's certainly in, in, in his mind. Which say. is great to hear. Um, and uh, and I, hope, I hope he's right and I'm wrong but I must admit I would have thought that was maybe just a tad beyond him tad being very good in fact tad's the boy he's vying for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. interesting well, and, and actually United as well as, well as like re-signing uh, Harks and looking for a goalkeeper Mac- Mark McNulty's away could do a striker as well couldn't he yeah they've kind of spoken a lot about the the big issue that United have to sort is missed out on a lad Forrest, who's not not an out and out central striker, but yeah, he's got a Hearts from Livingston goal scorer. Aye, he was, he was excellent for Livy. Um, I, I don't Which think. Might, I, sorry, to interrupt. That might be on Tam Coates. I mean, you forget that now. I'm not. I'm not going to compare him to Pep Guardiola because he's better. Let's be honest. But uh, Tam Guardiola, Tam Guard. <laughs> He's maybe a manager that's quite happy to have goals shared around the team. Yeah, but there hasn't been enough of them either. That's, that's the issue. Well, mean, what, what few there have been shared around the team? Yeah. They've, they've yeah. not relied on one player. And uh, hey, it got them to, got them to fourth, so they've that, got enough. Yeah. I think McNulty's time at United, uh, I expect a lot more. I have to say, he's a player I like. That, uh, I've seen him throughout his career and I thought he was a really skillful kind of striker that could score goals. He's done it down south. He just didn't quite do it at United in his two spells. And United have just struggled with that link between midfield and attack and creating chances. That's something you really have to sort out for, for the next season. So I think Forrest would have helped. Um, as soon as Hearts were kind of on the on the horizon, I think United were, were always up against it. Hearts are looking, obviously, to finish the season clearly is the third best team I think that they're looking to push on even further yeah, I mean, yeah, great. we're rightly very upbeat about United but there's a few challenges there I mean yeah. when you look at it, I mean Seagrist is gone we've touched on that even even Adrian Sporla and Kevin McDonald who was only there from February they chipped in yeah. with performances and obviously there's the whole thing about Dylan Levitt which I my hunch is if Manchester United's not his future, somebody in the English Championship, mm. Cardiff, were, were mentioned before the end of the season. So there's a f- there's a few 
gaps and potential gaps still to be filled in that squad, isn't there? There's a bit of work to do, yeah. Um, but th- as, as I mentioned then, with the European football, they've got they've got a kind of an East big play. help, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, and, and, and deservedly so. It's, yeah, so it should be. And th- you can understand that from from the players' point of view when they see a club playing in Europe and think, oh, even if they might not have fancied that in the past even just that one season or one go at a European game or the chance to be playing playing against these big teams and on TV and stuff, that can, that can really help trying to entice players in. I think I think that's it's a, it's a big thing for United to play on for the for over the summer. And you get the feeling that business has been good overall in terms of getting players in. They've obviously got a lot of good youngsters. Um I expect well, to, some decent to, signings. To draw a comparison across, we're a lot more relaxed about the gaps United have to fill, mm. and they've got like, because they've got, they've got them, the yeah. people in place to fill yeah. them, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and you think, well, they're they're doing the work, and, and, and only time will tell if you're right or wrong. But yeah. you, you have that feeling of trust. The problem United could have, and it's that it happens to Scottish clubs, unfortunately, because we play so early in Europe, is the deals are trying to go over the line, as we all know. Hmm. may go beyond United's first game in Europe yeah that's a fair point you know so that, that could be a, a wee stumbling block for them um, but Tam Coates has proved the master at to uh, you know blood and, blood and youngsters last season I'm sure there'll be a few more lined up this season ready ready to come in and do a job but uh, I, I, I do have to agree Harks and Levitt will be big a big miss hmm. because they were able to take United from back to front Tam no, yeah. no across the way they could go back to front they were, they, they were quite a Aggressive, they're good legs. They were good carriers of the ball. Um, that's something that I would think they, they are going to sort of look to to, to fill uh, avoid. They'll try to fill this summer. And maybe another another sign of success off the park. They've just signed a new. They call what do they call it now? Front front of shirt. Front of jersey mm. sponsor. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, and it's Quinn Casino. The words, the words they used uh, be it. Various touch points or something in paradise. Oh, oh yeah, I, 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 I squirmed when I read that. I have to say, I, I have to put things in things that are said in English apparently <laughs> into Google Translate <laughs> these days. Oh, no, I just sound like an old fart. I know, but it's true. Be, yeah, you'll be surprised to learn that Quinn Casino are an online casino in bookies, hmm. and they're from Ireland. <laughs> yeah. I had to do a bit of digging for that, <laughs> but good. You know, I th- you know, it's the, uh, an, a, another Irish company. I remember way back twenty years ago now when Dundee reached the cup final, they, si- they signed a deal with Magners mm. and the the cider manufacturers who were trying to get into the British market and who'd never sponsored uh, a Scottish club before. And I just thought, gold, gold mine, because Dundee got much more than they would have yeah. got from clubs from companies that knew Scottish football so hopefully it's been the same for United Uh, but it's good to see in these difficult times and we were remiss in um, not mentioning earlier that Dundee's sponsors Crown have remained loyal and Mm -hmm. they've extended their stale (laughs) was I the only one that thought it was the paint company (laughs) it's an engineer (laughs) Don't tell them that, that everybody's looking at the shirt and said, well, I'll buy that paint. Surely <laughs> if it was a paint company, it's, it's they could good. do a job Again, in, in, these, in these times, it's great. Yeah. It's yeah. great that the clubs, and well done at their commercial departments that they're able mm-hmm. to fix up uh, sponsorship deals in such un... Uh, what's the word? Un-something un times. 
Uncertain. Uncertain. <laughs> I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I, th- I think the European thing adds to that. Yeah. It finishing that. fourth and, and you get more exposure being on TV a more and if you get through the to the group stage as, as Mark Cochran is after. I was just wondering, did anyone at Dens go, yes, you can see European football this season? What, <laughs> just didn't tell them you had to cross the road. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> of course, for all, for all the sort of United mums and dads out there, they do realise that there will be a new European kit to go along with <laughs> it and the new kit for the season they're going to yes. shell it for their kids. <laughs> Europe equals fourth kit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And why not? Why not? Good stuff, chaps. Now, you may have noticed we rambled on quite a bit about Dundee United this week, a bit longer than usual, but that's only because George decided the third segment should be Scotland. <laughs> that was before the <laughs> game. We're, we're putting, putting that off. I decided that before the game. Well, what's... For, what's... what's for, that's, when's the next World Cup? 2026. November. 2026. No, I meant for us. Yeah. It'll be in the summer at least. Aye. Um, for those of you on another planet, Scotland played Ukraine on Wednesday night. No, no. We're up against Ukraine. We never played. No, aye. And it, That's the problem. It's I rather wittily, I thought, commented because I was watching, because my, my daughter's prompting, I was watching the resolve of a court case uh, on my laptop while Scotland were getting humped and I thought, <laughs> God, even Amber Heard's having a better day than Scotland. <laughs> they were a long way short. Yeah. I was uh, when you put away all the, the emotion. You know what? Which, see, I had a tear in my eye. Uh, I, uh, I'm 58 next week. Cards are welcome, Morvan, but presents even more so. And in my long time in football, even though it's just a tenuous connection now via this, I've never once seen a country turn to the home fans I visit in country turn to the home fans and applaud them first after their national anthem at Hamden and it was a credit to the mm. Tartan Army the way the, and the Scotland players uh, in the SFA the way they, they welcomed Ukraine and showed their support yeah. for them but once the game started it was a game of football yeah it was and there was a big big gap between oh, the two teams wasn't there Tom it's uh, it's, uh, it's quality isn't it and it uh, stuck out like a, a sore thumb I don't think to be fair I don't think Scotland had a good night I thought we were terrible. I yeah, I mean, by the recent the, standards, the, we're nowhere near it. They were, they were poor. For some strange reason, they looked tired. I'd, I mean, yeah. that, that may be down to the way they were chasing the bob for most of the night. But again, it ultimately boils down to quality, and, and the Ukrainians had quality throughout their team. Up top, guys like uh, Yarmolenko and Yarmachuk. But the goalkeepers' union there, yep. by the way, George Pierre, had quality throughout their team. Yeah, well, last no, goal, touch the, on the goalkeeper. The, yeah. the last goalie yeah. I saw chuck yeah. a goal in, like the yeah. Scotland goal, was me at Fairmuir uh, in was a, 1995. There was, or aye, there was a bit of that going on. He just wanted to give us, you know, a bit of hope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Yarmolink and Yarmachuk up front, two big, powerful guys, guys that can can run, guys that have got ability, guys that have got awareness of how to play the game. And it's something we are sadly lacking, I'm afraid. I do think that you know, we, we, we have got one or two players you would, you would rightly regard as being, you know, a, a, the top players. Not but Maybe world-class is maybe pushing it a bit too far, but certainly top European yeah. players and Andy Roberts. Sadly, Kieran Tierney would definitely miss him. Yes, yeah. I thought so. He's real quality. Um, John McGinn didn't have his yeah, best no. night, did he? And I think they had the best player on the park in uh, uh, 
the boy whose name from Manchester City. Yeah, Chico, what, how do you say his name? Yeah. I, and Alexander Zinchenko. Zinchenko. Sorry, Zinchenko. Fantastic performance. You know what struck Fantastic. me about him? Yep. He's playing in midfield. Yeah, he's, he's a world mad. Uh, yep. He's a world mad. He's a world class midfielder. Yeah, I've never seen him play in midfield no. for Manchester <laughs> City. Left, he's he's a backup side. left back most mm. of the time at Manchester City. What a game yeah. he had! And he slotted in it. And Scotland, the first half was abysmal. You know, they're just so poor. Never tested the keeper. They go two nothing down. It's game over. Their keeper throws one in. Yeah, with ten minutes to go. And prior to that, uh, their manager had taken off. Yarmouth, yeah, yeah. and I suddenly thought, if we can get a goal, you know, we're going to be back in here, but it never really materialised. And, uh, you know, the, Scotland were a wee bit all over the place, and it was only, you always felt that we'd get picked off, and they didn't yeah, they stop. Did. But, yeah. fair play to. Uh, I thought there was Ukraine. a wee chance for, and it was, I would almost felt guilty because it's the horrible circumstances that led to this game being delayed to June. But for all these, some of them have been playing with our clubs, some of them have been training in a training camp. The Ukrainians, I mean, but there was a wee bit of match fatigue, yeah. I thought towards the end, but mm-hmm. equally, as you saw with their goal with the last kick yeah. of the ball, their quality's still yeah. there, yeah. Even though there was a wee hint of tiredness here or there, but great pass, yeah. Well, was a good pass. Scotland were wide open, great, but you still had to hit the pass and, uh, and the finish. But with the weed, talking about quality, we didn't show any quality, even the goal we scored was one of the worst goals I've ever seen, I think. Yes, <laughs> it was horrendous. I, I just summed let, up let's the not forget the goalkeeper came out. And set up the shot with a bad punch, yeah. and then he got out of jail with a bad shot and yeah. dropped. O- he dropped yeah. over his head from about eight yards, yeah. and well, still did, managed he, to get he, it in he the did net. That play, that he tried to get head, head, head wide Aye. from the middle of the six-yard box. That was his Billy Bremner moment, actually. <laughs> going back to Germany. We would absolutely have been getting away with one yeah. if, if we yeah. got back. Into it. I think it could easily have been six-nil. I think that game, the, yeah. the difference between the teams, was I was poor, but you know what I think. We're, we're all very quick to be critical here. We sh- it shouldn't detract from the run they had yeah. in the group stage to finish behind a very good and and be a be good second behind a very good Denmark yeah. side, you know. But it's a level we now need to try and find. Tom, as quality, we need to find. How do you find quality, Tom? I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully we can produce some of our own. But our guys look well short in terms of you know it's at the very top level of football. Uh, but I go back to Kieran Tierney I do think that yeah. had he played he yeah, might have made so. a difference at the back the first goal to lose is, is and that's circumstance Robertson's uh, yeah. Robertson's for yeah. want of a better word knacker no as much as much as they're looking at you know a great run by the it's just a punt over the top and the guys run through yeah. the score there's a sort of goal you see on the parts on a Sunday you know so mm. I go back yeah, to Dundee in the championship yeah. but that's what good players do yeah Good players, good players love, and you saw the Ukraine, they had that ability to knock the ball about and make pretty yeah. passes and wee triangles, but if they saw a gap 50 yards up the pitch, they also had the ability to ping it right up there and say, well, let's let's go route one, but this is not a punt, this is a pass, and, and they did it. Is it is it fair to say, I mean, I, my, my take on it is, they've made, Scotland make great progress under Steve Clark in the last few seasons. Uh, and it's commendable, and he should be allowed to continue in the long term uh, because they're heading in the right direction. But something that struck me uh, is the last twice Scotland have played a real good quality, and it's both been at Hamden, a real good quality international side at Hamden who've also had something to play for because Denmark 
mm. had already qualified for the World Cup when Scotland on a great night and a big game for Scotland when they rose to the occasion. But Croatia and the Euros and now Ukraine came and showed there's still a gap to be bridged. Quite a big one, isn't ah, there? That, that, yeah, we shouldn't forget how good Scotland have been under, under Steve Clark over the past couple of years. I, I think I've been really positive about the national team, but that wasn't the same team that we watched on Wednesday. The performance was no, was nowhere near what we've seen. I think um, Steve Clark quite often ignores kind of club format and sticks with it and the guys he knows. But we had a lot of players that ended the season really badly with our clubs. We had two boys, two Norwich players, in Hanley and and Gilmore. Yeah, we had McTominay right. at Man U had been awful. Um, Cooper hadn't played, hadn't No, he'd been injured all season and Leeds were very close to getting mm. relegated. We had Which, in fairness, with Tierney, it was difficult because he's basically... He, ah. he, he was faced with Cooper or Suter, both of whom... I would have played McKenna. Ah, uh, McKenna he just won the playoffs. He played very... I oh. actually watched that, he's most good. that game, played very well at mm. Wembley. And then up front with Dykes and Adams haven't, haven't scored in any ages, the two of them, for their clubs. Um... Not I just think Scotland strikers, have. <laughs> Scottish strikers. Have. So yeah, I think it all around it was just a night to forget. We'll see how many people actually watch the Nations League next week. But I, th- I can't even remember who. We're playing. I, I had to cross my mind as well. I mean, I suppose you can't. Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult one, but uh, you know, in terms of scheduling, might they be better said? We'll just play one Nations League game. <laughs> They're all, this could ruin their Nations League campaign yeah. as well because they're, yeah. they're bound to be on a downer. It's yeah. a shame. It's hard for the players. They look, for want of a better word, they look knackered. Tom. They look knackered. They so I'm not sure how he lifts it. If he changes the personnel, he have to do something to try and lift them. But um, I'll be tough. I'll be tough. You can see the expression on their faces at the end. They were gutted. They're, they're close to the World Cup finals. Mm-hmm. They've got to the European Championship finals. They're wanting to go there. But as Alan McCoy says, right at full time, there's no doubt that the best team won. Yeah, I no complaints. Well, that's that. We've gone on for far too... This is, like, this is like work. I've not done that for decades. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or... Go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>